Welcome, you guys. It is the Tribe Bootcamp Podcast. This is your girl, Oracle Jane Doe, here. Today, we are speaking to my friend, Fabrice Sapolsky. Did I say that right, Fabrice? I always, I gotta make sure. You got Um, it. This guy is a very interesting person. I'm really excited for you guys to meet him. We decided to do a collaboration, but I want you to find out more about him because he is the co-creator of Spider-Man Noir, which is very, very interesting. Hold on one second. Um, And he's also going to be doing, as I said before, a collaboration with me. But we want to know more about him because he's been all around the place showing his art. He has more than just Spider-Man Noir. And you guys need to find out about the history of Spider-Man Noir and just get some facts on it and see how his art was influenced by his surroundings. So we are here today with Fabrice. How you doing, Fabrice? I'm great. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited about this because, um, you know, we decided to make do this collaboration. And, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes when you're on Instagram, you know how it could be. You know, on Instagram, you meet people and they can say who they are. And you and I kind of met online in a yeah. f- crazy kind of way. He was. Yes, I don't, because I stole your picture. He's, Hey, you tell the story because I, you know, what I'm going to tell is probably going to be very, uh, it's going to be my fantasy story. But how, tell me what you saw. Well, the thing is, um, it was about two and a half years ago. And uh, I was scouting the internet. I was scouting Instagram looking for a reference model for a drawing that I was doing. And, um, and I actually wanted to draw She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. And I saw one of your picture, one of your beautifully shot fitness pictures and i uh and i said oh that would be a cool cool pose that i will that i i will do and i did it and then i because i like i felt really bad like stealing a picture without asking i asked you for permission after i did it which was dope <laughs> i was like wow me yeah and um and we started talking and uh, and uh and and we I guess we uh, we never stopped talking ever since. Right, so, that's true. That collaboration came last year. The idea of, of doing something together that um, I also can't wait for people to see because especially today, because I spent most of my day working on that project. Oh, so, yes. Um, yes, absolutely. But I don't know if we can show anything. Probably not, but like... I'll for show sure. you after. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I want to let's keep it on the low because I think, you know, I'm just yes. now telling people about this because I'm always coming up with some crazy ideas. And I've always I'm telling you, I've always said I'm a superhero, all this stuff. So I'm trying to keep it on the low because I, I want people to see that, you know, you can speak your dreams into existence. And this to yes. me, like us meeting was was like me speaking my dreams into existence. I've always wanted to do something like this, but I just didn't know it was possible. You know what I mean? And I, I think that, I mean, you can tell after a moment. If online, you, you're right, online is really hard to tell. But like at one point when we decided to meet each other in Hollywood last year, and it was instant. It was like we, we had this kind of really good chemistry. Yeah. Where that we could do something together and it would be awesome and very creative and combine our experiences because we come from so different backgrounds yeah. that it was so unlikely. It was, it was like divine intervention. Right. Like we, we're doing this project and it's going to be great. So it's, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm very happy. I've been approached by people that have just, you know, sometimes it's just bullshit. You know what I mean? And when I when I met you, I didn't know what to expect. But when we instantly sat down, I was like, this guy's for real. You know, like your conversation was for real. You ordered tea. You didn't order liquor and you didn't try to ask me to order liquor. Uh, that was a key for me. For real. 
because yep. most of the time you never know you just never know i and me i'm always taking a luck i'm taking a chance on people because i believe in myself and i know that my dream i believe that everything i need is going to come towards me so i was like let me take this chance i could have brought someone with me but i was like nah i trust this dude and I'm glad I did. I'm I'm really glad I did. Yeah, I brought you to my house. That was that was still like you know he invited me into his home. We broke bread and spoke about you know my my I gave you my life story. You know what I mean. Yeah. So th- I think that you know this collaboration is something that's really going to be important. And I I just wanted to I I forced myself to not force but I told myself that I wanted to learn more about you what others say about you so I did research you I researched you what you you know Spider-Man Noir and let's get into that you know I, I you okay. can tell me what what you how you decided to come up with this the time was like the setting was the 1930s right so I, yes yes and yes but it's, it's like it's very awkward because a I came from a journalist background So when I had this idea, I was a reporter. I was working as editor-in-chief of a magazine about American comic books in France. Because I originally come from France. And uh, and I was traveling to London where I had a meeting with a publisher called Titan. In Titan Publishing, we talked about like doing business together. Uh, and the big business never happened. Mm-hmm. But I, because I didn't, the, the, the meeting was at, at 11 o'clock in the morning. And I didn't want to take the six o'clock train, so I decided to to go the night before and treat myself with a nice hotel room and um, and and really have consider it like kind of a a, a vacation time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in the morning when I woke up and I was in this hotel room uh, in in London, I had the idea as I was shaving. Uh, and I mean, people always talk about like having ideas in the shower. Mm-hmm. I think, In, in, in the most awkward places, like in the bathroom, whatever, um, and uh, and that's true. I, I often have ideas in when I'm in my car or or like I'm here oh. <laughs> uh, when I'm in my car or when I'm in like very unusual places or or at awkward hours, like at three in the morning, I have an idea. It's like I always say that to people, creative creative people don't have a mute button. There's no there's no stop button. There's exactly. no reset. Button. It's all the time. It's constantly that we can't stop. And it's very frustrating for ourselves first because like you get all these ideas and all these stories and all the things. And and the more you grow into being an artist, the more you have. Right. And the more you tell. And like, oh, I'm sorry, sirens. That's okay. This is LA. <laughs> it's a lot um, going on out there. Oh, well, it's like six blocks from where I live. I know. So, um... So, yeah, so I woke up and I got this idea and I got basically the first scene from the first issue of Spider-Man Noir, which was Spider-Man Noir. Uh, he was on the uh, on the J. Jonah Jimson, the, the boss of the Daily Bugles mm-hmm. desk. And he was like sitting on the desk and Jonah Jameson was dead and 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 the police was here to to catch him. Mm-hmm. And of course, he was. He, he ran away. Uh, and that's all I had. But I thought it was cool to have like this dark vigilante Spider-Man in the 1930s uh, with the old school cars and stuff. And like, and I love that movie. I was always been like a fan of noir, mm-hmm. noir, noir movies. I always loved that. And, and, uh, and so I happened before I went to my meeting with Titan to have a breakfast with my old friend, David Hine who's also a writer and like he was an established writer. I remember I never wrote any comic before I was a journalist. So I was on the other side of the velvet book mm. and, and, and all of a sudden I have this idea and I take it to Dave and Dave says to me, it will never work. This is silly. It will never work. Take this out of your head. But so I tried to think about it. And I said, Oh, well, he's the pro and, I'm the journalist, so let's stay in my lane. And Mm-mm. so I go and, and 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 go to my meeting, and then I take my train back to Paris from London. Uh, and uh, and remember, this is like December 2006. Right. There's no iPhone. There's there's no iMessage. There's no social networks. Mm. There's nothing nothing of that. Like uh, Facebook is like 
just the beginning. And in, in, I think I only joined Facebook in 2007. So uh, it's it's really um, it's really another world. It's it's pre pre digital, right? Uh, or pre digital, and and so I couldn't like look at my emails, uh, and so I come back at 11 p.m. at my home and I look at my emails. And then I find this long ass emails from Dave saying, uh -huh. I changed my mind. I thought about it all day and I think it can work if we change this and this and this. And I thought, okay, that's, that's, that's interesting. So I went to bed like very happy that day. Uh -huh. And then we started more Dave and I, uh, up until like mid January, 2007. And, and, and at the end of January, I was in New York. Uh, for a lot of different things, and I had lunch with the uh, the PR at Marvel Comics, and uh, because uh, again, remember I was like editor in chief of a magazine, right. so the PR so you had those contacts, right? Exactly, had those contacts. So I have lunch with him, and at the end of the lunch, I say like, "Look, his name was uh, uh, Jim." I said, "Look, Jim, uh, I have this idea." do you think that's something that Marvel could be interested in? And he said, he looked at me and he said, smiled and he said, I haven't told you anything, but if I were you, I would submit right now. Mm. And, uh, and that's the person you needed to say that right there. <laughs> exactly. And, and so I literally came out of the restaurant. I called Dave and I said, Dave, we have to finalize the pitch today. And we, we didn't. We finalized the day after. And then we sent the pitch. He sent the pitch. Wow. I had him send it because if, I, if it were me, it would have been rejected immediately. Like, look, remember, I'm the journalist. Right. I'm not a proof writer. Right. And I come with the idea. But if Dave was the leading the charge, it was a better strategy to be approved. Mm -hmm. And that worked. So even though the idea was mine and most of the concept and, and plot points were mine, uh, I developed it with Dave and it became our thing. Awesome. Um, and, and I chose to be the co-pilot of something that is made and rather being the pilot of something that is not. You know, and, what? I, and I, I, just to just kind of like step in for a second, I think that's one thing that is a quality about you. I'm just now meeting you, but I know that I noticed that when you said, you know, let's do this. It was like, not like I'm going to do this and use you. It was like, no, we're going to collaborate. I see that you see the, the value in the collaboration and the energy yeah. The you respect the energy and the creative energy between the two. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. It, well, team effort is very important for me. I'm, yeah. I'm a team person, I'm a team player. I'm a team person. I always like, I mean, if I, if I were in music, I would always be in a group. Right. I would never be a solo act. Uh -huh. I would be in a group because being in a group, you get energized by other members. You do, you do, you do. You get energized by other souls, other spirit, other, other creativities. And you can kind of like borrow elements from all this and it becomes a collective vector. Yeah. And I'd, I'd rather have that in everything that I've done professionally has been as a collective. Mm. I hate things. Now I write or draw alone, mm -hmm. but it's out of necessity because I mean, unfortunately it's harder now to find uh, uh, collaborators that are not flakes right. or that are, or that collaborators that are like, that I can pay because like making comics is also very expensive business. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so most of the time now, I'm, I'm, I end up being doing things alone. But in, in the case of our project, yes, it was very important for me. First, I mean, we're not going to unveil anything, but like, or, or give away any details. But you're such an intricate part of the thing that it's impossible for me to put myself first. Right. You know, it's a. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I'd rather take a step back and be the person behind the person. And you know, I've been an editor. In, in comic books for a very long time. Right. Not just talent, also an editor. And the editor is like just like a music producer. Right, right. And music producer knows how to stand back and stay back. Right. While while the, the, the singer, the performer is doing their thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of like that. And I, I use, in, in everything that I do, and it will speak to you yeah. uh, um, a lot, 
I use a lot of musical analogy and I and I borrow a lot of my spirit, a lot of my uh, work ethics from music. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, all my big references come from the world of hip hop and R&B. Right. And these people are just amazing creators. They are, their work ethics is amazing. I mean, I, I can only like speak of like my favorite which is Prince. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to say, that's one of your favorites, right? Prince is something that you, you draw from that energy a lot. Exactly. And like, and, and it's like Prince was not just a, a wonderful artist. He wasn't a, 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 an unspoken philosopher. Yes. And, and, and he never presented himself as that. He never, he never tried to convince himself or, or the world that he was a philosopher. Right. He was very humble about it. But every time he opened his mouth to say something, there was some value in it. Yes. And there's a lot from that. And I'm happy that a lot of people are discovering that. But, I mean, for me, it's not new. I've been listening to Prince for over 30 years. So Yes, exactly. It, and, you know, it's, I it's, think that 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 value and there's value in that in an, of an artist you know what i mean i think that's where you have your most creative people because they see the value of their surroundings they see the value of each intricate part of their life that made them who they are and they use yes. that creatively and they they kind of like utilize that to create their their, exactly. their characters and their musics for for you how is that like as far as spider-man noir is is there any aspect of that character that has you in the character? Oh my God. Uh, yes and no. Um, uh, you have to go back to the origins of the original character. Right. Spider-Man. Right. And Spider-Man, Peter Parker, uh, Uncle Ben, Aunt May, uh, and the whole uh, great power response, great responsibility thing. Uh, we had a, an opportunity that we gave ourselves the opportunity, Dave and I, to not start from scratch, but start from a canvas that right. was established by amazing creators, um, Steve Ditko and Stanley. Right. And these two creators, plus a few others, I mean, I won't get into details because their, the creation of Spider-Man was a more collective thing yeah. than people think. Um, but these two, these two creators created something that was completely different from the world they were living in. And yeah, we Peter Parker, alternate re reality, right? No, well, socially, yes. Okay. Like, if you look at it, uh, Spider-Man was created and published in 1962. Mm -hmm. At that time, the society was shifting in the U.S. It was like more. Uh, it, it was like the early uh, movements. Uh, liberation, hippies. It, it was coming. Like the Beatles were like around the corner. Uh, there was uh, uh, John Kennedy was president. It was it was a different era for America. Mm -hmm. And you have this guy Peter Parker who's dressed with a tie, and uh, and he looks like a, a student from the 1950s. Right. And then 30 issues later, he embraces the flower power and everything and it mm -hmm. becomes every time right um that's what comics do comics are close to the society they live in mm -hmm. and like very few people like at the time noticed that spider-man was like kind of out of time out of touch um because they correct they corrected course really quickly yeah due to the fact that it, it's it's it, it's a monthly business so mm -hmm. every pushes the previous one right. and 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 it's uh, and it's different so for that we had to retro engineer the dynamics of spider-man but recreating not from scratch but from that canvas right but the thing that we did because we didn't want it to be like too on the nose or anything mm -hmm. we we didn't sit down and say okay how can we make it different we just like okay Let's look at society in 1932. I like that. I love the concept of it. And and how the society socially um, and, and economically with the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, a lot of people don't remember that, but it was a totally different world. Uh, the, the political forces were inverted. 
Like the Republicans were close to the people and the Democrats were like the upper classes. And then people don't remember in this country that Roosevelt made the switch. Yes. But it was before that. It was 1932. Roosevelt was 1933. Mm -hmm. So it's, you're in that system. And, uh, and of course, for us, it was obvious that this series would have to be socially and politically charged. Right. And that influenced every character. The main villain, the goblin, uh, uh, organizes an undertaking of the city because he's a freak and he doesn't want uh, to, to, to stay in the outskirts. He wants right. his, his place in the society with his friends. Right. Um, so there's a social justice component even with the villain. Um, you have Peter, who's been raised by his uncle and his aunt. He's an orphan, and his uncle and his aunt are communists, and they're running a shelter in New York City. This is like, we thought that Marvel wouldn't let us do that at yeah, all. Yeah, you know, that's what I was saying when I was really researching the characters. I was like, wow, it was interesting to know that they, it was a social, it was, so, it was Spider-Man, but he was socially contra- conscious. And yeah. I, it, yeah. like, wow. Like, I mean, we see that. We don't really see that now. You see Spider-Man, but he is not like, it, it, I mean, I'm not really that versed on the comic book, but from the visuals, he's yeah. not really a revolutionary, pretty much. You know what I mean? So, well, and, and that's also, the, I mean, we, we can talk about it uh, later, but like the way we created Spider-Man was also, Spider-Man Noir was also in a very different uh, era for comic books. Mm-hmm. When, when we had the project greenlit, it was Jan- um, February 2007. And it was a year and a half before Marvel was taken over by Disney. Okay. Uh, so it was a different company. Not that it was better or worse. I'm not judging anything. It's just that it was a different company. And it was operated different. Mm-hmm. And when we created that, so the, we... we Mainly did the work uh, during the year 2007, but the, the first issue didn't come out until December 2008. So it took oh. a very long time for Marvel to really find a space for Spider-Man Noir and, mm-hmm. and other series that they launched at the same time. For them, it was like more. It was like more. Uh, we have to create the conditions for these series to work, rather than rather than we're going to launch it right now and uh, and it's not going to work. So. And, and that was a great move because uh, they they had the time to prepare the market and to prepare the market for something that was so different, especially from them. They were not really known for for that kind of alternate things. Mm-hmm. There was no out. There was no Spider Verse. It didn't I exist. Know. How did how did that happen? How did you guys get uh, your character greenlit in the film? How did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the right person to ask because we did our series. 2008, 2009, the first miniseries. 2009, 2010, the second miniseries. And then uh, Dave and I have been uh, hired to write an encore in 2014 in an ancillary series to the Spider-Verse crossover in the comics. Right. Uh, that's People don't realize that the term Spider-Verse didn't exist until 2014 in a crossover that... Uh, 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 the team of Dan Slott and Olivier Guapel did for Marvel. Oh. Before that, there was no official Spider-Verse. Oh, I didn't know that. And um, and so it all it all came into places. And when Sony did the, the animated movie, uh, uh, they uh, they hired a few a few of the Marvel creators as consultants, but that was not one of them. Oh. Uh, wow, Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis was one of them. He was a co-producer in the movie. Um, uh, Jason Latour, uh, and uh, yeah, there were a few. Of so them you that didn't were... even get you didn't get any credit, or you didn't get any like. No, wow. no credit. Are you? But no so credits. once they bought it from you, it was theirs. No, they never had to buy it from us. It, it was never mine. Like, you did remember, it for them. When you signed for Marvel Comics, this is what we call in our jargon a um, work-for-hire contract. Oh. That means that we create for a company that owns all the rights. 
This is not something that is uncommon. It has existed since the inception yeah. of our industry. Yeah. And that's all right. That's all right because this is how it works. So when you work for uh, with characters that you don't own, mm-hmm. then it's Marvels. And Marvel has every right to do whatever they want to do right, with the right, character. Right, right, like, right. look, they're doing Spider-Man Noir adventures right now. I'm not connected with the character anymore. But it does, so d- it, does it benefit you still? Like when you go to comic no, comic cons, do people? Well, say- well, yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, my banner uh, has Spider Man Warren big, but but that's that's one of the reasons why creators like me create their own characters mm-hmm. because we the characters that I create, I own. I can do whatever I want with them. Mm-hmm. I can send them every direction. I don't have to report to a higher power that will tell me how to steer the brand or not. I can do whatever I want. And uh-huh. and and when I work for Marvel, it's great because I can play in that sandbox and 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 work with those characters that are not mine. It's kind of a mission. Yeah. So I I'm, I work for them. I give them what they want. Everybody's happy. Uh, and uh, and when I work for myself, it's a different taste. It's it's I, I can, I'm not on the leash. Yeah, you can I, create I, whatever, whatever you want to create. Exactly, and that's what I've been creating for the past five years. I've been creating my own catalog, uh, and I'm doing it like heavily right now, especially that's with awesome. quarantine. Uh, so I have seven projects in the works. Um, some that I only write, some that I write and draw, and 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 I hope I hope that in the coming years, people are going to not only enjoy them but also share them. I mean, I'm, I'm totally realistic. I will never have the the firepower that Marvel or Disney have in terms right. of marketing and, and stuff. But remember, uh, it took 50 years to Spider-Man to be where it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I'll be in 50 years. <laughs> but you know Probably. what? I think I, I, I think that the business now, like just being a creative, we're going to take a quick break though and have a snack. But I think before we, we go, I, I think being a creative... You are supposed to create those things. I don't think we're supposed to stop and look and say, oh, this, just keep creating, keep creating. And then it it's your gift to the world. You know what I mean? Yes. It's your gift to the and, world. And, and it's not about the money. It's not about, I mean, that's, no. it's part of it, but it's going to come no matter and, what. And also when you're creative and you have these stories inside of you, you have to let them out. Yes. It's, or you, it drives you crazy because you have those stories, 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 stories. You have to let them out. Yeah. And so that's why I'm, I'm working so hard on those stories. And the other thing is that you're right. It's a legacy. It's something that will go beyond my own existence. Mm-hmm. There's something like, uh, I don't think that Mozart, I mean, I'm not comparing myself to Mozart. Why not? I, why not? Because I'm, and, I, and I'm very realistic about my talent. You're but <laughs> uh, he, he, he died at 33 without knowing that he's who he is. Musical is would be celebrated 500 years later. Right. And, and, and I don't know what, what I write. I don't know what's going to happen when I'm not there anymore, but, and I don't want to think about it right now, right now in the moment that I'm creating, but clearly I'm building something and I want to be enjoyed by people. And this is not creation, especially in comic books, because we're so close to the public is not a sprint it's a marathon right nipsey go on and quote it quote that nipsey <laughs> wait just uh, let's let's take a quick break before we get it because it's getting deep now I, I i really i think that's where we match up you know what i mean like I, your energy i feel it like i'm pumped i'm so pumped and i'm excited about the the comic book i'm excited about what you're doing you know, because I feel the same way, Fabrice. I have been creating so much stuff. Like, I, I, I get a weird thing that just makes me want to stop what I'm doing and create something right there. So I understand what you're saying. I don't know what I'm creating it for. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of like your superhuman. That's your superhero. Uh, that's your ability. Super, yeah, that's a superhero ability to create, create, create. We are living I, up to our my, creative superhero I think my superhero ability is to um, to communicate passion. That's a my passion through through art. Yes, I love it. All right. So on that note, it's 
Time for the crunch. Crunch. <laughs> it is time for the crunch. What do you have? I have dark chocolate and sea salt granola. Oh, that might do something, though. I don't know. I have Seneca. This is going to be our sponsor one day. We'll, we'll save them now. Ooh, okay. And this is the apple chips, caramel apple chips. You see that? That looks great. Yeah, hold on one second. No. Blink, it don't. I'm coming back. All right, I'm back. All right, so I am going to the first crunch is together. That's our together crunch. All right, and let me open my bag. And then the second crunch is on you, and the third crunch is on me. That's the okay. battle. All right. All right. Battle of the crunches. Here we go. This is our group crunch together. One, two, two, three. All right. I couldn't tell if yours was louder than mine. Mine was pretty, like, satiatingly crunchy. Let's see yours. (laughs) Okay. But I have to go closer to the mic. So... So this one is gluten-free oats. People are interested. Healthy snack. Try Healthy make- snack. <laughs> and it has only eight grams of sugar. Ooh. So, yes. I'm trying to pay attention. I'm too fat, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. One, two, three, 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 three. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right. All right, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to double it up. So this is a Lorna Dunes. This is going to be... Okay, life hack number one. Life hack number one. So you, this is like an apple pie, a crunchy apple pie. Oh, that's how, That's what you do. Yes, it's a crunchy apple pie. Now, this is, you know, I said it's a 420-friendly show. And the reason why yeah. we snack is because we get these odd little cravings in the middle of the show. Mm-hmm. And so this is two apple chips and a Lorna Doom cookie. Oh, a sandwich. Do you see that? Let's see if I do. All right, let's see how this crunches. And it's going to taste like an apple pie. What? (laughs) Let's see. One, two, three. (laughs) That's gross. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, mm. It's good. I'm sure. It's really good. There's like a, a crunchy apple pie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that's just like my little snack break. I love to throw it in there. I want to talk to you about, I know how I said how your life influenced, but what when you decided to come to me about the comic book, Yeah. what about me? made you think that like what what about me what what was it about me that attracted you to this to, to this collaboration i think that um i could tell from your diverse activities um like the music the the trap boot camp the uh there was no podcast at the time but like there was there was still you were still communicating the energy that you have. I mean, I enjoyed a lot watching you going to France. It was funny, especially since I come from there, oh, uh, and, and 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 try to speak French to the to the waiters. It was really <laughs> funny. Uh, only word. Like, All I knew was "Voulez-vous like, coucher avec toi ce soir?" <laughs> <laughs> And I found yeah. out what that was in France. I honestly never knew what that meant until I said it into my translator. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. Okay. What did I yeah. say? <laughs> like, yeah, oh, Patty LaBelle. Sounds, girls are pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell no. It was- um, so, so, yeah, I, I thought that we're, you, you had more than me, the eye, and that you had a story that was like, a little bit more than what you expressed online, which was already very colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as soon as we started talking and you 
you sent me your material and and think and I understood that this is something that you wanted to do for a long time but you you never mastered uh, the language and um, and and you know it's when you're an editor whether in books in comics or anything whether you're an editor or a producer in music you deliver mm-hmm. the minds yeah um, and it, and it's like that so here I have these two hats where I'm your editor, but at the same time, I'm your co-creator. Mm-hmm. So I only have to deliver your mind, but I also have to translate it into images, yeah. which is very hard. It's a it's a challenge because this is also the first time that I've, I worked on many comics of fiction, but it, I'm, I'm fictionalizing uh, reality and I'm turning reality into fiction. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's it's kind of a new, very challenging project. Yeah, and 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 it also opened a corner in my brain because uh, up until last year, I didn't think I had. I was too shy and too. I didn't want to talk about myself, mm-hmm. and and I started opening up about my story. Uh, and my stories, because it, it, it's now becoming like three or four different projects that are slices of my life or that are like uh, fiction that are taken from my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and and I couldn't have done that if I hadn't met you because you, you kind of gave me, I wouldn't say the permission, but you like kind of liberated, like if you can do it for yourself, then I can do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and some of these projects, like I have this beautiful project called... All right. So we had a little technical difficulty there because of the in the public safety announcement that we just had. Uh, you know what? I want. I, what were we speaking of right there? You were speaking. I don't want to cut you off. Yeah. Um, I was speaking about like um, how the project that we're doing together opened my mind to right. uh, my past, about my own experiences about my own stories and 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 i was mentioning this 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 project that i have called the little dragon in me that tells the story uh, a story of of me when i after my dad died when i was 11 i was i in the middle of the school year i came from the the suburbs to paris and uh and um, i was the new kid and and it's always horrible to be the new kid in the school yeah uh, especially when you change and like at the time, the, the difference between the suburbs, I, mean, I was in the far suburb, the suburb and, and the, the city was so incredible that it was like I came from another planet. Uh-huh. And, um, and the only guy that talked to me the first day I came there was a little Muslim kid named Mohammed. And, uh, and me being the only Jewish kid of the class, mm-hmm. the only minorities... And um, we stuck together, whereas the rest of the world was divining us. And he became my best friend for, for this school year. And he introduced me to Kung Fu that I didn't know before. And we went to, from video store to video store, like um, uh, to, to, uh, uh, to rent VHS tapes, uh-huh. marathons uh, of, of Kung Fu movies, even though sometimes we didn't have the right to watch them because they were very violent. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to tell that story. And unfortunately, like without, again, without like spoiling too much, but like uh, I lost track of this person because at the end of the school year, uh, he left. Uh, he said like, I'll see you in, in September uh, for back to school, but he never came back. Oh, and I never- wow. And so uh, the only thing that I have left is my memories of this, of this kid. Uh, and, you know, the worst thing is, I asked my mom, I said, like, do you remember this kid? And she said, she said, maybe it was imaginary. And I said, no, he was not. Like, I was, this is my real friend. <laughs> he was my real friend. So, and so, I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And, and again, I wouldn't have done this kind of stories. There's another story that I'm, that I'm doing, uh, it, not in the same era of my life, in another era, um, but I wouldn't have done these stories. I wouldn't have like dared to write those stories and share them with the world if I haven't been 
if I hadn't have your example um, to uh, to talk about myself. Awesome, that's big. That's big because I I would love to see that. It's it's a, a fair exchange on energy. You know what I mean? Um, when it comes to you, I know that the creative. I I watch what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I know. <clears throat> that a lot of it has been influenced by what the music that you're around because we connected when it came to that. I seen that you had Lakeside up there and um, yeah. which was my father's band. And I was like, wow, what a great connection. And we also had one more connection. I'm not sure if you remember that um, my son is a huge Spider-Man Noir fan. And <laughs> when he was nine years old, he did... Was he nine? Was he brother nine or... He was nine or ten. He did. Um, he he did that that character for Halloween, and he yeah. I had drove all over the city trying to put together that costume. And to know yeah, that he, I'm there was there was no official costume at the time. Never. He created that entire costume right. on his own with clothes. We went to thrift stores. He would do that every year, but that was like our favorite holiday because I like to let him come up with something really creative. So. That is crazy that, you know, tw 10, 20 years later, 10, 11 years later, we meet and my son was like, what, mom? And I told him, so you made me a little cooler. I want you to know that you made me a little <laughs> bit cooler to my son. And, um, you know, we I don't like to take too long with the show because we I like to just give a good bite size of what we are doing and how we're going to work together and how you have creative things that you have to the that you can they're giving to the world and they need to know more yeah. about you you know yeah and and i want i want your your listeners your fans to know that i the way i push myself i'd like everybody to push themselves too and i know that in your line of work that's what you're doing mm -hmm. you're, you're encouraging people to push themselves and and to become the person that they really want to be yeah, and so when I had this kind of opening with Spider-Man Noir in 2007, mm -hmm. um, so it was like 13 years ago already. Mm -hmm. um, it it clearly changed my life. It changed the course of my life. I could have stayed like a journalist forever, but I had the like, oh, okay, that's real. I can be a comic book writer, and it's really cool. And then. And at the time, I was living in France, and 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 then I was like, okay, but if you want to be serious about it, you need to move to the United States because this is where your market is. That's this is where Marvel come here. I was going to ask you that. What made you yeah, decide? That's what. Because in in 2011, I did another project that never was published in the U.S., even though it was with an American artist, and I and I was like, okay, people are not taking me seriously because I'm not there. I have to be closer. And that's the other thing. The other thing that a lot of people underestimate is I'm an immigrant here. And, and English is not my first language. And so in the mind of the people who decide who is going to be on this series and this series, in the back of their mind, there's something probably, and, it's, and I'm not like pointing fingers at anyone, it's probably very unconscious. Mm -hmm. But between a guy like me, who comes from a different background, right, is uh, an immigrant, and someone who's like 100% American with a, a topology that they know and, and, and the words that they know and the, the system that they know, they will choose that person over me because it's easy. Or right. they think that it's going to be yeah, easy. Yeah, exactly. And I want to fight, not just for myself, but... I always say to people, do you know how many uh, international comic book writers there are on the American market? And you go, oh, like, I don't know, 100? No, there are not even five, and I'm one of them. Wow. So there's, there's this thing, like, we're completely, our voices as immigrants and people whose first language is not English is fully underrepresented. Mm -hmm. and, and America is a very complex place where a lot of people want to scream, for their voices to be heard. Yes, now, for sure. As we can see. Knows, LGBTQ. Yeah. A lot of people want their voices to be heard. And I get that. Mm -hmm. And 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 they will probably come first all the time. Right. 
never forget who we are and what we can contribute to. Right. And how we can bring to the equation. Because this country was built on immigrants. Yes. For sure. And, <laughs> and so we have a set of skills, ideas, and talents that are different. And um, I remember when I first had the thought of maybe one day moving to the United States. It was in 2004. And I was precisely visiting California. And um, I have a friend. His name is Richard Starkings. Uh -huh. he, he now lives in Tennessee. So he, le he left California. For good. <laughs> Smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and he's very happy. Um, but uh, yeah, so he told me, I'm going to give you two pieces of advice uh, if you want to come to the United States. One, stay who you are. Stay French. And the second one, And the second one, be David Bowie. And I said, what the, what the hell is that? Yeah, what, what does mean? that mean? Oh, this is going to be our is, life hack number two. Tell, what is uh, be David Bowie? Okay, give David me that. Bowie. And he said, like, look, you create your own body of work. You don't rely on the big studio. You create your own character. You publish it. You self-publish if you have to. And then with time, people will take notice. That's so true. You have to be persistent. You have to never give up. And I never give up. I love like, it. I'm, I'm beaten to death. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm beaten to death every day by the market. I'm, I have a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. I turn that into creativity. Yeah. Like every time. Every morning I wake up, I draw. I draw something to focus, to get focus, to get clarity, to... to know exactly to remember why I love what I'm doing mm. why I love the medium why comic books are important to humankind yes. I'm, I'm like um and uh and, and 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 this is very important this is very important to get all this there's a lot of injustice there's a lot of unfairness yeah but we can correct that we should never give up never in the end each child win yeah I believe and, that so much I feel like you know I wanted to say that before we left because I, I try not to go too deep when it comes to the show, but I feel like there has to be something said. And I think personally, I, I use my creative energy to speak my words. I don't go out there and protest. I felt like I really wanted to go out there and protest, but my protest is through my words. My protest is through this podcast. Exactly. My pro protest is through my music and I live it every single day, you know? Um, and I feel like, That's what we're doing as creatives. That's our mission. We don't have to express ourselves and we don't have to express our anger the way everybody else does. We've been we've been taught a different way to release it creatively. And I think that is that's the power of being somebody that's a creative and knows your talent and knows your place in your lane. You know what I mean? Because you're of more value. You're out of value when you step exactly. out of your lane. And, and I want to say something also that is very important. When I started in this business, again, as I said, I became a writer by accident because I had this idea and then I developed it with a wonderful mentor that was David Hine. Um, but after that, five years later, I realized that I was not going to make a living if I was just going to sit around and write stories at $20 a page. No. So I started drawing. I started drawing from scratch and I, I'm self-taught. That's what I was going to ask you. Where did that ability, because you say you were an editor, but how did you get into drawing? Persistence. Awesome. Persistence. And also, when you have, like, wonderful friends who are amazing artists, they teach you without even telling you. Mm -hmm. You just look at them. Right. You just look at the techniques. You just ask questions. You're just curious. And you work, you work, you work in the shadows. You work hard. And I've been drawing every day for the past five years. Every day. And that's what it takes. That's what it takes. That's 10,000 hours plus, you know? That's more than that. That's, exactly. Yeah, plus. And, and <laughs> lettering, and now I'm, I'm starting coloring. Like, I, I was very afraid of colors up until early this year. And I said, okay, well, let's jump into the pool. Let's not be afraid. Let's try it. If I could, like, do something with the drawing... If I could perfect my craft in writing, then I can do the colors. And then you're a you're a one person op 
preparation. Mm-hmm. But you can do it all. But it's not because you want to say, okay, I can do it all. I can beat you. It's not in that spirit. It's because just in case of, again, I come back to the team. If you're able to do everything, if one of your team members defects, you're there. Yeah. You can, if you can lead better. You can be a better leader. You can be a better entrepreneur if you know how to do it all. I believe that. I believe that so much. I have, I am one, a believer of that. I worked in every aspect of the business. And I always say that when I do have my finale, which is my own pub, um, entertainment company, I will know who the slackers are because I know every job down to the administrative yep. assistant. You know what I mean? I know every down to the janitor, down to the cook. I know the where I know where it's wrong and when it's right. And I think that's the that that is you know, when you can multitask and you have all these different talents, it's not just yes. because you, it's not for the, just so you can show everybody you can do it all. It's so that you can see where the, the, the fall is and fix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you also lead by example. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And if you can, if you can, without even like saying, you see you, what you're doing is crap. I'm going to do it better in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Not the way. No, you're not, you're not going to downplay the others. And it will make you look bad. Right. But if you simply say, okay, well, if you won't do it, but if you can do it, I'll do it. Right. And that's, and then the people will should realize, the people that are working with you should realize that, okay, well, either I let him do it or I, or I, I pride and I up my game. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I think that's... Yes. I, uh, and say, on that note, you have made me up my game. You know what I mean? When it comes to um, like when we, when we decided to do this collaboration, I was like, you know, I, I have a lot of projects on the back burner and ideas and, you know, like even with the mixtape that I just did and all that stuff, these are just ideas that I was kind of sitting on. But when I came, when you came to me with this idea, I realized how now in the music industry, the music is pretty much the accessory. You know what I mean? And I have an abundance of music to ready to go, but I just had to figure out a way to present it. And this was a way with the mixtape. And then with this, you know, it shows me, you know, it shows that me being an adventurous, it shows me my story. And I think that's, have has been all I ever ever wanted to do is just have my story heard. You know what I mean? So with that said, I'm thanking you and we're not going to go too far. We're not going to go too long. We are going to stay in the, in the words with the cliffhanger. You guys, you stay tuned for what me and Fabrice have coming to you very, very soon. Uh, soon. We can definitely talk all day because I definitely want to know more about, you know, Let's just talk about it right quick before we go, before we go. But I want to, I, w- I want to see how, because I know you said after the Great Depression, the Spider-Man Noir, 1930s. Now, Oracle Jane Doe, the story. Now, you know, we hear during these times after this big, not depression, but a situation that has a, a, a political upheaval. And so I hope that we can utilize this energy to create something that as well, that, that you, that shows this story online later on. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know if you do that, but uh, if you, if you read books about like self-motivation, self-help, about uh, wellness, um, all, all these kind of books. I know that uh, when when I work, when I draw, when I write, I like to listen to audio books. Mm-hmm. And audiobooks that are memoirs or or life stories. Yeah. I can't. I, I don't read fiction anymore because I thought it would influence me. But I read nonfiction a lot. Yeah. And what I love about nonfiction is like at one point we all have the Batman syndrome. What I call the Batman syndrome. The Batman syndrome is that whatever wealth you are, whether you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter if you. Uh, were the victim, if you were a survivor, if you survived the loss of a parent, the loss of a loved one, or survived uh, a, a disease, you want to prove that every minute that you have on this earth will count. Yes. Truth. And that's why all the stories, I don't want to write shallow or empty comics. Awesome. I don't want to draw shallow or empty comics. 
I'm working on a webcomic right now called Lady Bird. And Lady Bird looks like a superhero comic, but it's not. It's a story about abuse, about how do you beat human trafficking, mm. how do you horrible companies that exploit people, and how do you free yourself from a lot of shit. And, uh, and Spider-Man 1 was exactly the same thing. Like, it's always the same kind, but I, I could also mention Intertwined, which is a book that I did in 2017. Uh, and Intertwined was the story of this uh, immigrant that is dropped in the middle of New York City and like, okay, these are your powers. This is the costume. You're the hero. I don't want to be a hero. I just want to do Kung Fu right. in Hong Kong. And, and he becomes a hero against his own will. Oh, so wow. where's, where's that's interesting. Yes, but that's not the, that's not why I wrote that story. I didn't write that story just because I wanted to have a superhero that is also an immigrant, which is something that was never done before. But I also wanted to talk about love. I wanted and I inserted an LGBTQ love story in the middle of that mm-hmm. to show society and a, a love story be, between an Asian man and a black man mm. in 1971 at a time where you didn't talk about this. Right. And it was like totally like taboo to talk about uh, these kind of features, these kind of problems, this kind of like attitudes. It was viewed as pervert. It was not. It's just love. Mm. And I want people, I want to open minds through comics. I was talking to That's um, awesome, Fabrice. A, a wonderful writer today called Brandon Easton, who's a black writer. And I encourage you to to uh, to read his work, Brandon Easton. Okay, um, we'll do. He's working on Judge Dredd and Star Trek and Spider Man, all, all kinds of stuff. Um, and Brandon, Brandon and I, we discovered today that we were both history majors. Ah. Uh, I was a history major, and he was a history major, and he taught history in high school for six years. Oh wow! And uh, and we were talking about like the implications of history and how do you learn from that, and 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 how it impacts. The way we write, and it's exactly that. There's always has to be a meaning because yes. if somewhere there's a kid who will learn to read with our book, somewhere there's a kid who will learn something about his own culture yeah. through a book. Somewhere we we can learn science, we can learn human relationships, we can look. Comics are such a strong strong vehicle for for knowledge. And people are downplaying it like, oh, it's just like people fighting each other. Mm-mm. Maybe at some companies, maybe no. with some, not with independent creators like I am. I believe in comics that bring you emotion, that make you feel alive, that bring you something that can stay with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Because the connection that you have with our comics is something that nobody can steal from. And, and and on that note, we're going to end, but you, I know a society of people uh, that have built their lives off of characters in, in comic books. Honestly. Exactly. Um, my and son is one of them. <laughs> and I encourage all those people to go and not just buy the big studios, which is great. We need to have a healthy Marvel, a healthy DC, and a healthy... Yes. Uh, roaster of, of, of um, intermediate publishers like Blue More Dark Horse or Aftershock. But I encourage people to discover what us creators are doing. Creators before brands. That's what yes. I'm telling to everybody. Because without us, there are no comics. So creators before brands. I should make t-shirts with that. Awesome. And comic is life. Comics is life, right? Com- our life comics are life i love that saying and thank you so much for breeze for joining me today this is a i'm excited because i'm just i i god is bringing and the energy is just bringing uh the creator is bringing the right people in my direction and i'm excited for what we are about to do and on that note I have some stuff I'll be sending to you uh, <laughs> real soon. And I want to yes. see some stuff. And oh, maybe I'll oh, show yeah. you a little something, you guys. I might post a oh, little girl. something. This promo is going to be exciting because I think I'm going to make myself a, a superhero in the promo. 
So we'll see. I'm excited about this promo. So if you have something that you can give to me, you know, I'll put it up there so they know that it's coming real soon, that we are going to come with a creative collaboration. What is that? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And this is going to be a quick little, go ahead, show it, show it to the people. Go again, quick, quick, quick. Okay, so every morning, I, I, I said it before, every morning I do a little warm-up. So I, I'm drawing something, and the first character that came to my mind today, this morning, was you. So, I drew you. Who is that? That is me. That is me. <laughs> More for you later. <laughs> Thank you so much, Fabrice. Thank you very and much. Thank you. I will see you soon. I'm going to use yes. your, your stories as our story of the week because I love um, the way that you speak passionately about comic books. That's a story in itself. So thank you once again for joining us. Thank Where can people find you in, at, online? Yes. So they can find me under my name, Fabrice Sapolsky, on all the social networks. And they can visit my website, the website of my little boutique publisher. And also there's a store in that where you can buy my product, whether it's books or, or commissions or, or art. Uh, it's www.fairsquarecomics.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Fabrice. We will be talking really, really soon. And I will give you some yeah. a call soon. Send me. I got the picture already, and I got all your information, so we'll be posting it yeah. real soon, okay? I'll send you the promo. Yes. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Take care. So there you have it, you guys. Once again, I have been, um, I've been, I'm just excited. I, I keep saying I've been, I've been, I've been, I do, I didn't. On that note, my little, my little things that I say. Uh oh, hold on, Fabrice is still coming in. Hold on. Uh, I have all the things, but I'm just excited that the right people are coming my direction. So my goal with this episode was to show that you are living your, you are a superhero guys. All you do have to do is just speak it into existence. That's what I believe. And uh, I'm excited for this project. I hope you guys are excited. We are doing a Kickstarter. So look for that really, really soon. I will have information online. If you are going to buy in, be a part of what we're trying to do, what we're trying to bring to the community buy into it on kickstarter coming real real soon thank you so much for joining rate review and subscribe to the podcast follow me follow me follow me or don't follow me so what do you want me to do i don't know something figure something like that like that yeah all right i got something to say I'm a rebel with a cause, fighting for it all, fighting for it all, my friends, rebel, see I'm a rebel with a cause, fighting for it all, fighting for it all, my friends, in your government, you sit there, Stolen generation, may the children find their dream time In this conversation, I rebel against industry that destroys cultures Mining for minerals, turning children into soldiers For all women who survive sexual abuse May you live a happy life no matter what you've gone through May you find...
your peace over violence. My voice is yours and we're breaking through the silence. And to all the liquor stores taking up space. We rebel with organic gardens putting food on our plates. I'm a rebel, rebel with many a cause. Until my work is done, please hold your horse. You see the shooting and they fighting and they killing. Poison the minds, it's a cyber revolution. Throw up your hands, separate. Now we must stand together. We can come with a solution. Unite, rebel, unite. Now we must fight. Use your brain, young man. Try to live right. Not preaching, just trying to reach you. Cause the truth that you seek is inside you. See, I'm a rebel. See, I'm a rebel with a cause. Fighting for it all. I'm a rebel with a cause, fighting for it all.